right, so uh, we're going to do a podcast. <laughs> and, uh, um, never done this before, um, so I'm not sure if it's uh, – I don't know what the content. We've got some ideas of kind of what we want to talk about, but I want to uh, – I want to thank you all for watching and, and uh, joining us. Uh, we've got a great guy, that uh, Daniel, that uh, decided to give us a call and say, look, man, I got the place. I got the equipment. I think you got a story, and uh, I think uh, think you want to maybe give this a try. So after, um, after about five failed attempts, here we are. Um, so I'm John Beard. I'm the owner of Crooked Letter Kitchen, and there are some other people that aren't able to be here. My wife, Kimberly Beard, uh, she's at home with uh, with our daughter, eight-month-old daughter, Oakland. Uh, so she's got picture day tomorrow, and there's some things that uh, she want to get done. So she, uh, sorry she can't be here, but she will be here on the next one. So we'll stream every Monday, 6.30. We've got some topics that we're going to talk about, um, some things. But uh, I wanted to maybe tap into something that, you know, nobody really knows about. You know, who is Cricket Letter Kitchen? Um, you know, I spend most of my time on the grill. I spend most of my time doing the um, doing the work of everything that you get when you come to Cricket Letter Kitchen. Um, and I surround myself with an army of people. Uh, anywhere from, you know, my, my family and God has been probably one of the biggest supporters of this entire thing. Um, my father Charles, my mother Dawn, they um they have really when we first got started, you know, um I was working at, at multiple restaurants and, and trying to trying to learn different things and um activate, you know, I'm a I spent four years in the Marine Corps, so I was a chef in the Marine Corps and try to reactivate a lot of that. So they have been a, a huge supporter of mine. Um, from day one, as a matter of fact, my dad worked in the trailer with me, uh, for about a month and a half. And, uh, he said, you, you take the rain. So, um, they're not able to be here either. Uh, but they, um, they've always been there. Um, so my wife, my family, God, um, my daughter, Zoe, she's very supportive. She used to, if you follow me around for a long time, you know, that, um, my daughter used to work in the truck. So she would kind of hang out with us and uh, do things and fix lemonade and, and kind of talk to the customers. So um, with all that being said, I wanted to take the time to uh, introduce a little bit more about me and more about Crooked Letter Kitchen and then also to discuss, I kind of wrote this down first podcast, so uh, I got I got a few notes, and also discuss behind the food truck, you know, stories from the streets. You know, I'm a, I'm a trucker. And uh, I do have a indoor seating restaurant, but we're still cooking out of the trailer. Um, so that 20-foot that you've enjoyed on the streets, I mean, guys, we're still cooking out of that thing. Um, I've got a second truck that's out back that, um, that is ready. It's not wrapped. It's got a little temporary wrap on it, but, uh, but you'll be seeing it on the streets, especially this weekend uh, when we do the food truck frenzy that we host with partnership with the Res Life. Um, that's a great event. It's $5 to get in. Uh, kids and uh, I think it's like 12 and under are free. Uh, we've been doing that with the Res Life for I think this will be the third year. Uh, that's the food truck frenzy. Um, so people always ask, How did Crooked Letter come about? Um, well, 
a little bit about me is, um, excuse me one second. Um, a little bit about me is I am a, um, I'm a recovering drug addict and alcoholic. And I don't know if uh, anybody really knew that. Um, so I've been sober for six years. Um, and that has been um, a journey. You know, it's been, it's been exciting to be on. Um, I struggled for a large portion of my life, uh, when I was younger, um, I, I battled addiction, you know, I've, I've, um, I was basically a, a train wreck, you know, um, and through everybody tried to help, everybody tried to do as much as they could, but until I was willing to let go and find a relationship with God, I was broken, um, broken really bad. I was beaten really bad. Um, and, uh, I just had to, I, I wanted a different life, and I just didn't know how. Um, so when I went to my last treatment center in 2017, um, I listened. I listened to um, the people around me. I followed suggestions. Um, I became teachable, and um, I began working towards becoming a better human being. Um, because I had destroyed every single relationship I ever had. Um, I just, everything I touched, I, I, I ruined, um, just because I was just so filled of self-will run riot. I was probably, I mean, I just, (laughs) I was nobody you wanted to be around, put it that way. Um, and people were around me by default. And, um, so when I got sober, um, and I learned that I needed to stay that way because my life was getting better every day and I became having a relationship with God, um, I learned that I needed to take it easy and do slow things and, and, and not rush it and just go step by step. So I did. Um, and one of the easiest jobs to get is in the restaurant business. I mean, you don't have to have a whole lot of experience. You can basically get hired on the spot and you're, you know, they'll teach you how to do a few things and, you know, you are, you're an asset. Uh, so I worked some, you know, a few jobs and, um, the more my brain started coming back and the more I, you know, became better each day, I, uh, I, I worked some restaurant jobs and, I advanced at that and, you know, I continued to work the steps of Alcoholics Anonymous and I got a sponsor. I followed the suggestions. I went to meetings and I did everything that I was told to do. And I lived in a sober living home. Um, and each day my life started to, to become better. Um, and my brain was clearing up and I remembered that, you know, when I was a chef in the Marine Corps, that I, I loved to cook. And I was told that uh, when I was sober, and, and a lot of people don't know this, I, I was told that I couldn't do anything that was man-related. I couldn't paint. I couldn't, I couldn't work on things. I couldn't do anything because I did that when I was in active addiction. So I just began cooking, and I fell in love with it again like I like I always did before you know my addiction took me to the to the bitter end um and I worked at these restaurants and just as a fleeting thought 
one day I was talking with, uh, with my dad and, you know, he does competition barbecue and, you know, we started looking at food trucks and trailers and all that. And, you know, he found one in, in, uh, in Meridian and, uh, we, uh, and we were talking about it or whatever and, you know, nothing was ever said. And then he's just like, Hey, we're, we could go drop down to Meridian and look at it. And, um, uh, so we did. And I walked in, it was beautiful. It was like, Oh my God, this is awesome. I mean, this is everything I could ever wanted, you know? And, um, we left and we drove home and, you know, he, he just kind of looked at me and, and, uh, he said, you know, you want to get it. And I'm like, what am I going to do with it if I have it? You know, I mean, what, I have no idea. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a food truck. I mean, I can cook I you know, I did this in the Marine Corps. I did that, you know, I worked, I, I do all this, but I have no idea what I'm doing. And the thought was, well, Hey, if it don't work, sell it. Um, so we got the trailer and we wrapped it and I was still working a full-time job and uh as a gm of a restaurant um and basically it just kind of became about i didn't i didn't have a name i didn't know anything but uh so how the name became about crooked letter kitchen was i spent my entire life trying to get out of the state of mississippi because i thought mississippi was the problem um of why my life was the way it was when i was in addiction and uh, I, I named it Crooked Letter Kitchen because I wanted to always keep the brand in the forefront of my mind. You know, I even went as far as to when I was in active addiction, I tattooed Mississippi across my back, just like David Banner, man. I did that because I never wanted to see Mississippi. And I wanted to bring something to Mississippi that, they have never seen. I wanted to define an epic food truck experience and I, but I had no idea how to do it. No idea. Um, the bust and taste buds part that, that is on my trailer, my daughter came up with and you know, we, I try to take everything that we do as busting is, you know, if I'm not mistaken, I think busting was taken out of the English dictionary it's not even a word. It's bursting now, I think. Um, so it's busting taste buds. And it just started as an idea. And then it came to fruition because of God and a support system. Um, and I'm truly, truly grateful for the amount of support that I received to that point. Um because it was nothing that I could have ever dreamed of. It was nothing that I, I, I never thought that was going to happen. Um, it was just something I wrote down on a piece of paper and say, Hey, it'd be kind of cool. You know? Um, so I started working the food truck, uh, the food trailer in some areas, taking some events and hitting some roadblocks. I mean, God, man, when I got started, I hit so many roadblocks, but I also hit so many successes. Um, I hit roadblocks in certain towns and certain cities and, you know, the struggle with the health department, the struggle with, you know, getting everything the way it was supposed to be lined out to be able to hit the streets, 
you know, in order for, you know, people sometimes get, you know, have what, what I've understood is there are so many things out there for an industry, the food truck industry that people don't realize when they want to open a food truck, you know, I mean, yeah, you can grab a food truck and go set up on the side of the road and, and, you know, sell to the general public. I mean, anybody can do that. Is that legal? No, it's not legal. Um, Do you have to carry your permits, your privilege license, your transit vendor license, you know, your insurance for if someone gets sick? You know, there's all these things that, that, that you have to do to be able to pursue a dream. Um, Learning that process was challenging for me. Um, Being told no was disappointing to me. Being told yes was rewarding. You know, Um, I can remember when, you know, I did my first event at the um, the Mississippi Arts Museum. It was a marketing company out of uh, California. There was like four trucks there. I was doing tacos, um, brisket tacos, and al pastor tacos, and chicken tacos is what we did. And I pulled up on the side of the street, you know, did it. It was a it was a paid gig. Met some guys. Small time street eats was there. Gary Howard, Hog Heaven with um, uh, uh, Jeff Puckett with Hog Heaven, and I think that was it. These these two guys that I was there with have been in the industry ten plus years. And I didn't know who they were. I had no idea who they were. I knew of them on social media. I immediately shook their hand. I immediately, like, asked as much information as I could to understand what the food truck industry was and how it operated. Um, Even though I was going to be a weekend warrior with this thing because I had a full-time job, um... I talked to them and man, I was blown away immediately. These guys like opened up and told me so much knowledge that when I got home, I wrote it down. I was like, man, they don't know me from, from Adam and they want to help me. That right there told me that this was a community that was like a brotherhood that was tight niched that was supportive of each other and an entrepreneur group, basically. Um, We exchanged phone numbers and we talked, you know, talked, talked, talked. I reached out to uh, two other guys, like, you know, one guy, Steak and Chicken Kendrick. Um, I can remember the first time, a lot of people don't know this, so um, I can remember the first time I, I, uh, I tried to get in touch with him. I wasn't successful but I knew a guy that knew him and uh, he had just gotten back from Texas and I don't want to name drop on here, but you know, it's just, I want to let you know how tight this community is. Um, I found somebody that knew him and I said, man, I I really want to talk to this guy. And um, when he called me, I was like, I I mean, I felt like I was on the phone with a rock star, man. Like it, you know, that's, you know, that's Kendra, that's Chef K, man. You know, the man, the myth, the legend. Um, and you know, he gave me so much of his time, hours, and we would talk for hours about just the industry as a whole, 
events, how to do events, how to book, what to do, where to go, what to, what to expect. You know, again, these guys didn't know me, but they helped me. And I'm forever grateful that, you know, they took the time. And when I started, um, go into these events, I started meeting these other vendors and talking to them, you know, TNJ Concessions, Timmy Phillips, you know, everybody is all hip on the display table. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about the display table. Um, I was in, you know, anytime I do an event, I've always got my food out there for everybody to see. Um, I was at an event and Timmy Phillips walked by he looked at my menu and he said, hey, man, your menu looks great, but I have no idea what any of that stuff is. And he said, come here. I want you to look at what I do. And he does a display table. Um, and <laughs> people were looking at my menu that was like this big and was, I had the every description of the nacho burger, of a brisket sandwich, of a cheesy pig. I mean, you couldn't even read it. It was, the lines were so small. Um and I wasn't selling anything. So I made some displays of my food and I put it out there and I started selling food. You know, food truck guys, if you're, if you're doing events, man, take that food and, and, and the stuff that you work for, you know, the stuff that you create, the stuff that, 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 you know, is important to you, each menu item, take that and make it and sit it outside. That has been a I mean, one of the best things I have ever received from anybody was that bit of information. And I remember that day in Richland, Mississippi. Um, and I still do it every day. People always ask me, you make all that food and throw it away. And I'm like, yes, I do. You know, and um, I've just always done it. You know, I'm a, I'm a creature of habit. And uh, we still do it to this day. So that, you know, in that little segment, you – the, the takeaway from that is, you know, the food truck industry is very tight-knit. You know, we are helpers, we are generous, and we want everybody around us to succeed at all, at, at all cost. And um, so you learned about the Crooked Letter, why it was named Crooked Letter Kitchen. You learned a little bit about me. Um, you learned about the display table that everybody loves that we still do to this day. And, um, so when we started doing more events, you know, I, I had a couple of people that worked for me. I, uh, I was down at food truck Friday, which goes on the first, third and fifth of every month. That is the oldest event in this industry down at Smith park. Smokey's mill on wheels puts it on. They do an exceptional job marketing. They got supporters. The city of Jackson's behind them to bring this event back. Um, again, that's the first third and fifth Friday of every month. These guys are down there selling their flavor, putting on a, putting on a show, go down there, see them and support them. Um, that was, I can remember when I first pulled up to that event, um, it was organized by visit Jackson. And, uh, I had no idea what I was doing again. And uh, I showed up and um, I set up. I did what I, you know, did everything, dropped my trailer, and I did that event. And I was like, man, this is really cool. And then I started getting my name out there. 
Um, and people were starting to call me. And I was booking some things, and I was telling some people that, you know, I couldn't do them because I had a full-time job. And um, being in recovery, I had to remain um, – I had to remain kind of sound mind, you know. Um, I had to make sure that, you know, number one, I was taking care of my sobriety over anything. And um, I had to make sure that I was taking baby steps and not, you know, overdoing certain things. Um, so I realized early on that, um, cause I had only been sober for like two years and some change, man. I was like, still, I was still a mess, you know, mentally, um, spiritually I was, I was, I was becoming to get fit, you know, spiritually fit, but, uh, but man, I was, I was still just kind of all over the board. Um, so a guy walked by in front of my trailer. His name is uh, is Mario, two for seven kitchen, which they re- relocated to to Vegas now. Man, that's a that's a that's a cool jump, man. I I miss those guys. You know, great great people. He uh, he walked in front of my trailer, and I was at at that very moment. You know, when I when I tell you, I I was spiritually fit, and and I now have a relationship with with uh, with God that I never had before. God is probably one of the coolest people I know, man. Um, and at that very moment, I was sitting there in my trailer. We had just gotten done serving everybody and had an outstanding day. And it was just amazing. Um, I, uh, I was thinking, I was like, man, I'd love to do this. You know, I think I could probably do this like every day. Like I, I love it, you know? And, uh, all I was doing at that point was I was putting some Doritos on a smash burger and putting some mac and cheese on pork. I mean, that's what I was doing. The nacho burger and the cheesy pig was the very first two menu items we ever did. Um, and people were loving it. And uh, when I was thinking that, Mario, a two-for-seven kitchen, walked in front of my trailer and, and, like, walked down. And as he was walking, he looked right at me. He said, hey, man, I see you. One of these days you're going to quit punching that clock and start doing this. And he just kept walking. And I was like, wow. Um, and it just, it, 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 it resonated. And, uh, I, you know, the whole time I was breaking down that trailer um, and getting ready to take it home, uh, that was on my mind. Like, I don't think I said anything to anybody. Um, I was just doing my work, getting done. And, but that was, man, I dwelled on that all day, all night all the next day at my full-time job. Um, and I, it just, it, the, it just wouldn't go away. And, um, I sat my boss down, uh, a few days later and I said, um, I, uh, I'm very grateful for the opportunity, um, that you've given me. And, uh, this is very hard for me to do, but I, I have to pursue this, this food truck. I, I, I need to do this and, um, I need to step out on faith and, and I think I can do this. I think I'm ready. I feel that I'm ready and I can't make it go away. And, um, I said, but I don't want to leave you in a bad position. Not that I was Superman or anything. I I mean, but I was his guy. Um, I was the GM of that restaurant and 
I did not want to leave him in a situation. I did not want to leave without making sure that the replacements were, if you know, the replacement was in place, everybody was taken care of because I was so grateful and full of gratitude for the opportunity that I had while I was there. Um, excuse me. This is uh, this is my daughter. Hey. Hey, can you record it, please? Hold on one second. Sorry. So they let my daughter play volleyball, so she's going to record it um, for me. She's got some shoulder issues that she had to deal with today. Um, so I uh, I gave him a three-month notice, um, and I was going to October the 1st um, – I was going to step out and, and uh, become a full-time trucker. And um, so for three months, we we worked to, to make sure it was a seamless transition. And uh, afterwards, when, uh, when we went to, when we went different directions, I was, um, I was basically a full-time trucker. And I reached out. I had, um, I had a lot of business. Where I started was at Texaco. Um, at a gas station in Richland, 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 I, I tell every people when people call or I'm talking to new truckers or stuff like that, I tell them like Richland, like lets you do what you would like to do. You want a city that's going to get behind a food truck. You want a city that's going to get behind and push and push and push just now starting out. Um, Richland was the place. So when I did Richland, it was an, an, an open field. I gave them all of my permits. I gave them all of my insurance, everything they needed. I had a transient vendor license and I set up and, uh, after I got done, you know, um, for the day I'd, I'd go back and I, man, I got on social media. I blasted social media. I told people where I was. I was very active every single day on social media, um, which I had never done that before. Um, I didn't have a Facebook before I got so I mean I had a Facebook when I was in active addiction but I didn't have a Facebook when I got sober I didn't do it but when I got this business I had to so um that is that is probably the biggest tool and asset any business can have is social media um burn it up you know tell people where you are let them know what's what's going on how to get to you you know what to expect um, so I did a lot of work with the trucking companies and we did some few festivals in October. October is insane for the food truck industry, fall festivals, trunk or treats. You got private parties, uh, appreciation for employees. It's just so much to do in October. Um, so we, I got up every day. I pulled the trailer. I went to my, to the, to the, uh, the place that I was going to set up at and 
we ended up going, you know, and we did that every single day. I got up, I prepped, I got up, I washed dishes, I cleaned, I did everything. And I'm going to tell you something. I worked in the restaurant industry a long time. And you took me out of the restaurant industry and put me in a mobile unit. I was like a toddler, man. I didn't understand. I, I mean, you have to refill my tanks. You got to refill your water. You got to dump your water. You got to dump it in a safe place. You got to, there's so much in a food truck, you know, that we were learning. I mean, it was probably one of the most challenging things um, beyond working with cities about the food truck industry. Um, So, Fast forward through October, November, and December, you know, we we did a few things, and then, bam, like 2020, COVID hit. I was like, holy cow. Uh, nobody knows who Crooked Letter Kitchen is. I, this is this is what I decided to do. I uh, don't have a, my, my full-time job financially. I don't have benefits. I don't have, I don't have anything. I have faith. I have, I have, I have, all I have is faith. I have no idea what I'm going to do. Um, and all of the trucking companies that I, that I did business with, all the workers went home. Um, so there was my contract business. Um, but I had one contract that stayed true, that didn't go home. And that little bit that we did weekly kept us above water. It was one day a week. It allowed me to pay my employee and to buy food. And we started just getting on social media, talking to these people, and then these neighborhoods started calling. Um, and we started running these neighborhoods. And I tell you, we would start at 5 o'clock in the morning. We'd go from 5 o'clock in the morning till almost midnight running these neighborhoods because everybody was at home. We hit them. I can't tell you how many neighborhoods we hit um, and set up in and serve people, and people were excited, and we basically established a brand through that. And through that, we learned how to serve our product in a, in a fast manner. We understood our, um, our concept. We understood what we were doing wrong. We understood what we were doing right. We understood how we had to tweak things. Um, and once COVID started, you know, doing doing its thing and us dealing with supply issues and 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 stuff like that, it, it was it was it was a challenge. You know, um, it was really 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 a challenge. There were some things we couldn't get. Um, we but we never gave up. You know, we no matter how hard it got, no matter what curveball we hit, you know, we we didn't stop because we were needed. You know, we were essential. Um, we wanted to make sure that we provided a service to as many people as we could. Um, because they may have shut down everybody else, but um but we were operating and um we enjoyed every last bit. I can't tell you some of the places we went. We would sit there and just, you know, talk to people afterwards and built relationships, shook hands, talked to them about who Crooked Letter Kitchen was, learning what they did as a living, how it was affecting them. Um, 
there was just so much that that was so humbling to be a part of. Um, the response that we received was impeccable. Um, and when life started kind of, you know, balancing out, we, you know, events started opening back up. Um, we began to, you know, have a following that, uh, that we built through that. And, uh, we continue to burn up social media. Um, and we learned that people really loved Doritos on a burger and mac and cheese on pork. Um, and that is just, that is, that is true to this day. Um, we truthfully enjoy it. And, uh, it's, it's because people, people that, uh, that show up and, and, and hang out with us and enjoy the food, you know, we're, we're just, uh, we're just ordinary people, you know, um, I'm an introvert by trade. I can't believe I'm talking this much. Um, but, uh, cause I had no agenda, but, uh, you know, a few things, but, um, you know, I, I wanted to take a moment and just tell you how, how grateful me and my wife are, um, that we have 18,000 followers on our Facebook page. You guys voted us number one in the state three years in a row. You guys nominated us in eight different categories, lined up with some of the best restaurants in the state. I would have never dreamed that was possible. I would have never thought that this could have happened. Um, and I know that there's so many people out there that want to start a food truck that want to do it. And I'm telling you, my phone is open. I would love nothing more than to help. And I have helped so many people. I think I have. I mean, they call and ask questions and, and you know, we do stuff. But, um, you know, I I want to help people do it. I want to grow this industry. This This industry is so... You look at Texas, you look at Georgia, you look at Alabama, you look at Tennessee, you look at California, you look at the food truck scene in other states. You can go to a food truck event, and there are thousands of people there. I want that for Mississippi. I want that for this state. I want people to look at Mississippi and understand that we are crooked letter. You know, and being Mississippi is full of so many great things. It's full of so many great people. And I want to help the industry just as I was helped, just as the people that helped me still help other people. Um, because we are a small community of food trucks. And, you know, there is enough people in this whole area to support all of us. Um, we pursue this dream each day, one day at a time. 
We take it one day at a time, one event at a time, and we try to make sure that we give the best experience possible. Um, and July 24th, we opened up the inside portion of our building. Um, it was crazy. <laughs> um, so taking a food truck and going to an indoor portion, you know, offering indoor seating was challenging. Um, you know, a lot of people know that, you know, we've got, we've got that in Pillahatchie and, you know, we opened up full force, you know, I, I mean, we opened that door up like we were 10 foot tall and bulletproof, man, 1030 to 930 plate lunch. You know, it, we just did a lot too fast. And I am, I never wanted to cut back on lunch. As a matter of fact, I thought it, you know, it, but, but it needed to happen because training 38 employees on a concept that they had, that, that they didn't understand, there wasn't enough time for us to train them. And the, and the, and the response that the state of Mississippi gave us was awesome. And we got through it. And uh, so we made the decision to cut back on lunch right now to be able to hone in and to provide a better service. So right now we're open from 4 p.m. to 9.30, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Saturday we're open from 11 a.m. to 9.30. Um, and we provide an experience. When you come in, we have a wait staff. Um, it's an open environment. We do live music occasionally. Um, this past Friday was exceptional. Well, you know, we had uh, we had Pistol Black. Um, I didn't get a chance to hear him, but I, but I heard it was great. He, he rocked out an acoustic session. Um, you know, our dream for Pillahatchie when 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 me and my wife decided to to make Pillahatchie our home, um, there was an ordinance in place. Uh, in Pillahatchie, just like most places, that says no mobile vending, no transient vendor permit allowed. Um, so we went to many board meetings. We met with aldermen. We met with mayors. And uh, finally, they, they gave us that opportunity. And the plan we laid out was the plan that we're in now. Pillahatchie supported us. Pillahatchie loved us, and we loved Pillahatchie. I love Pillahatchie, Mississippi. Um, not too far you know, out, um, and so, I mean, Pillahatchie is a, is the place to prosper, and, um, I truthfully believe that, and we love it there, and we wouldn't want to be anywhere else. I know everybody gave us opportunities in other places, and, uh, talked to us about doing things in, in, uh, in, in other places, and we just felt at home in Pillahatchie. And that was a decision that we decided to make. Um, so October the 1st, we've got some good things coming. Um, we've now got that truck on the road. We've done, some, we've done some events. You may have saw us this past Saturday at a Wounded Warrior event in Jackson. Exceptional, exceptional um, event. 
uh, that's a good one to, to, to come to for the car show. Um, so I'm seeing this thing on, uh, on this comment section. Can you type, Daniel, my responses? Or no, or do do I answer or so let's uh let's kind of open Of course I can. Okay, all right. So this is the man behind the computer. Um so let's do a uh uh I guess a question and answer session or something like that. If sure. someone wants to to ask something, I don't know, is there a lag in this? Yeah, there's a small lag in this. So Red Wagon Boutique was so glad you could serve our shopping center. I tell you, man, Red Wagon, uh, Red Wagon was solid. Those those girls um, are exceptional people. We sat up there. We did tacos. We did so much there. A couple days a week um, during COVID, they've now since relocated um, to Flowood. So guys, if you know the boutiques and ladies, the boutiques and the stuff like that, go see them. They're over there behind IHOP, Red Wagon Boutique. Great people, great family-run business. Um, is it, if there's like people that want to ask questions, let's see if there's any up there. Uh, no, I don't see. Yeah, my dad said introvert. Really, I I really am. Um, one, but once I get going, yeah, I, I don't buy that. <laughs> <laughs> once I get going, I, I don't know if it's fear, anxiety. I don't know what it is. I, I, I think I'm an introvert for the first 10 to 15 minutes. I'm going to go with that. I call bull, bro. I'm going with it. I'm going with it. First 10, 15 minutes. I'm an introvert. Um, it's probably fear. Is there a question and answer session? It's my dad. Love your food. We'll return. I love you too. It's awesome. Awesome food. Debbie Alexander. So my very first customers um, to ever eat with me still to this day come by. Um, I just, man, those ladies right there, seeing that red truck pull up, seeing them get out of the vehicle every single time takes me back to the very first day. How do I cook my brisket? I don't. <laughs> brisket is probably okay. So, care to elaborate on that? Yeah, I will. Um, so I don't cook brisket. I, I, it's man. You ever met that? Uh, you ever found that thing that you just cannot do, no matter how hard you try? That's brisket. I mean, every single time. <laughs> Thanks, Dustin. Um. Yeah, I can't cook brisket. I can't bake either. So uh, in cook school, when I was when I was in the Marine Corps, I completely failed the baking portion. You know, you're supposed to measure things out like one cup here, two cup here, three millimeters. I that didn't work. Um, I over poured or under poured or it just didn't work for me. Um, so I didn't pass that part. That's why you get you know bread pudding. I'm really good at bread pudding. Um, and that's a three-hour process. So that uh, the only thing he cannot cook is good with rice too. Yeah. Um, so you know, I mean, you know, people call themselves chefs and you know and stuff like that. And you know, I, you know, I had the training, and and you know, that's that's all great and stuff. But I think every chef or every every culinary uh, guy has that has that you know that that one thing or two things um, 
that uh, that they can't that they struggle with. And brisket and rice is one of them. I struggle with rice. I'm too impatient. Um, <laughs> rice and brisket, man. It's 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 you got to do some work on yourself, man. man look, it's, uh, <laughs> rice and brisket. It's crazy. Um, you're bringing back the. Uh, was that the cheesy pig challenge? Cheesy pig challenge, man. That was a that was a fun event. Um, Raina and Joel came down. They ate three and a half pounds of macaroni and cheese, a full slab of ribs, three and a half pounds of pulled pork, candied jalapenos, bread, a fried macaroni and cheese ball, and they did it in like Joel did it in like seventeen minutes. Raina finished out at like twenty six, bro. I didn't think that was possible. I see that on TV, and you think maybe, like, they got, like, this pouch underneath here, this food, it's edited. Man, we sat right there and watched them devour that food, and I was blown away. Uh, Blown away. I couldn't believe it. Um, I'd love to bring back the Cheesy Pig Challenge. I I think that was fun. Um, I don't know if people would like to do that. You know, if they would... That would be awesome, you know. Um, so if you're interested in doing the Cheesy Pig Challenge, let me know. You know, if that's something you want to see, we'll we'll do it. If there's something that we need to do, we'll do it. Something that we're not doing that we need to be doing, talk to us. Um, my team is exceptional. The team that I have that me and my wife have assembled – and God has put in our hands, you know, a lot of these people walked through those doors and got hired on at Crooked Letter Kitchen because of God. You know, sometimes we don't feel worthy enough to have them. I mean, they believe in something that we never thought was possible. Um, and we, everybody we have are teachable. Um, you know, my wife isn't in the food truck as much as she used to be, but she's behind the scenes. You know, there's a lot of things that she does, and 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 on top of that, being a mother, you know, with a with a new baby, um, and and us trying to juggle life and restaurant, and you know, being in a re- I was in that restaurant from five o'clock in the morning till midnight every night. You know, I saw my daughter. In the crib when I left, and I saw my daughter in the crib when I got home. And I didn't like that. You know, that, I mean, everybody wants to start their own business so they'll be home more. You know, you know, but it's, it's, it's the opposite. I mean, I, that's just the reality of it. Once you become enthralled in something that you love, whether it's, you know, construction, know electricity or food or you know uh, an insurance agent or anything once you become an once you take that entrepreneur step and you do something you love you're you work more because you love it because it doesn't feel like work um so my dad says i'll help you with brisket if you're if you're teachable (laughs) yeah so uh let me tell you how dad helps me with brisket okay Hey man, do this, do this, do this, do this, poke this, and then it's supposed to happen. And uh, it, it's, um, I tell you what. Okay, so um, if I could get everybody on social media to call out Charles Beard to bring his brisket to the restaurant, 
You know, this guy's won like, I don't know, grand champion. He won grand champion this past weekend. I mean, he's, he's, he's rocking on the circuit. And I, and I am teachable um, with the proper instruction, not uh, poke this, do this, set this, and then what is it? He asked me over the phone, well, pick it up. What does it feel like? I'm like, it feels like brisk. He's like, well, does it wiggle? Does it go to the left? Does it go to the right? Does the meat poke? I'm like, man, I don't know. You know, um, brisket is my demise. It always has been. I've never been able to tackle that. And I, I just I I just don't know why. I don't know why. Um even my guy that works with me, uh I told him one day we we had some brisket left over that 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 hadn't been cooked. So it comes in a case and we cooked three. We screwed those up. Um because brisket's supposed to, I mean, it's gotta be perfect, guys. I'm not, I'm not saying that we just we don't know what we're doing or it's just crap. You know, I'm not going to put out a crappy product. I'm not going to give you a lower quality product. I'm not going to give you something that I wouldn't eat. I'm not going to serve you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I mean, do you know how hard people work for their money? I'm not going to abuse that choice. Each day that people walk through the door, you make a choice to eat. You make a choice to let us be a part of your day. So if that product's not right, I'm going to throw it away. I'm going to salvage what I can. And I'm going to create a better product. You know, that's one thing that that is about me and about my and um, about our team is everything is going to be perfect. Every single bite has to be perfect. Every single increment of that ingredient has to be perfect. There's no cut in corners. We make our sauces, our rubs. We go the extra mile. We use high-quality product, and we make sure that every single time you leave our restaurant, you're happy. And that's our goal, is to provide out-of-the-box creation for age groups, for all age groups to enjoy while always providing a rememberable Mississippi food truck experience. That's our mission. And we obtain that by staying vigilant. By doing the next right thing. By doing the right thing by our customer, by our employees. You know, we want to make sure that everybody that is associated with us is a part of the dream, is a part of the process. There's no person that's low. There's no person that's high. We all have a job. We all have a mission, and we, and we, and we try to obtain that. So looks like I got about about eight minutes left on this podcast. And um, so there's a, there's, there's some topics that, you know, that, uh, that, that I want to talk about and um, through these podcasts every week, again, it's a learning, learning curve for me. You know, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to do this kind of cool, you know, um, and it'll get better as we go. I hope, 
your food never leaves the trailer till it's right. That's right. It doesn't. I promise you guys, when you put a to-go order in, it's checked when it leaves the trailer. It's checked when it goes to Expo. It's checked when it goes to the cash register and put in a bag. When you order your food and you're in our restaurant, it's checked when it leaves the truck. It's checked when it gets to Expo. And it's made sure that it's right and it comes to your table. That's my promise to you. Is I will never put something on that table that ain't right. My team will never do that. Now, I'm not saying we're perfect. There may be something. Because people, I mean, we are human. Mistakes do happen. But I don't want to have that mistake. But in the event that mistake does happen, you find me. You call me. You find somebody in that restaurant and you say, I want to speak to them. And I promise you we will go above and beyond to make sure you have the best experience you have ever had. So some of the things that we're going to talk about throughout these podcasts are going to be because my guy hooked me up. Restaurant renegades, secret ingredients from farm to fork. I don't really do that, but, you know, we, there's, there's some things. Kitchen confidential insider tips and tricks. I mean, that's some pretty cool stuff. You know, I may uh, have to teach you some things that, uh, that we've done that you can do at home. People always ask, what do you do this? What do you do that? Well, join in on the podcast and we'll talk about it. You know, foodie adventures, exploring culinary destinations. Look, when me and my wife go on vacation, man, we are eating. We traveled down Route 66, and I can't tell you, we went all the way from uh, Vegas into uh, Albuquerque and rode Route 66. And I'm going to tell you, we ate at some of the coolest places and ate it. I mean, it, it was it was remarkable. You know, so sharing some things with that, man, there's places that we, that people don't even know about. Um, Flavors Unleashed, creative recipes and culinary experiments. You know, some things that you'd like to see us do that we could probably come up with. Um, The Food Entrepreneur's Journey from Dream to Reality. I think we kind of hit that today and you learned a little bit about us. Food and Community, Connecting Through Cuisine. You know, how we all connect us with you know, all of us restaurant entrepreneurs and stuff like that, we still talk, you know, taste tests, reviews, and recommendations. Um, behind the kitchen doors, you know, what goes behind, bringing in some of my back-of-the-house staff, bringing in some of my employees and letting y'all talk to them and, and, and understanding who they are. Cuisine Chronicles, dive into the world of different cuisines, exploring their origins. You know, we do different things. What do y'all want to see? Mastering the menu, how do we become better? So that's just, you know, you know some of the things that, that, uh, that we're going to talk about on these podcasts. Um, we'll have some guests. I hope we can get some people to come in. Um, we have established that I'm only an introvert for the first uh, five minutes, or was it ten minutes? Uh, about 30 seconds, bro. You should have seen me. <laughs> you should have seen me sitting on this couch, man. I walked in, I sat down, I'm like, Man, I don't know what I'm going to talk about, you know. Um, but all in all, guys, I'm from humble beginnings. I really truthfully mean that. Um, I have a beautiful family. I have a beautiful business. And I have a beautiful relationship with God. And with those three things... 
I'm a happy man. I don't care how many hours I work. I don't care how many. I, I just, I love Crooked Letter Kitchen. I love the people that are associated with Crooked Letter Kitchen. I love every single person that um, that comes through the doors, that comes to the truck. Um, I just, I, I get this feeling inside of me that that's just remarkable. That's why I didn't put a kitchen inside that building. It's because I wanted to see everybody. Um, what does that mean? You talk to people at the worst time more than I talk to people at the best time. And Dad says Sunday recipes to make it home. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd like to, you know, invite some of my food truck guys to come in and talk. Um if if there's something y'all would like to see on the podcast, you know, comment. Um, let me know. Because uh this is this is something that 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 I'm passionate about. I want to grow this industry. I want to provide Mississippi with something that they have never seen. And we're just now getting started. We are just now touching that point of where we are ready to turn up. And we were ready to turn up. It's just a process. I thank you for your patience. I thank you for your business. I thank you for your support. If there's anything you can do, just stick with us. Help us. If you see an area that we need to improve in, talk to us. If you think something will work, talk to us. We want to do this for you, for your family. Um, and from the bottom of my heart, I thank Daniel for making me do this. I think he made me. I didn't do nothing, man. <laughs> he made me. I'm telling you, made me. You trusted up. God is what you did. I did. I did. Uh, I did trust God, and uh, I prayed the whole way over here. I mean, it was like I was praying, 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 praying. I got here, and I'm like, I don't know where I'm going. And then I was like, uh, you know, I prayed the whole time. I prayed, 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 prayed. I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna say. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Um, because at the end of the at the end of the day, man, I, I'm I'm just a quirky guy. I'm just, and I do my best work through through my culinary experience. Um, that's where I do the most is putting that item on a tray or on a plate and serving it. And I want to keep doing it for many, 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 many days. So, um, from my family to yours, tune in, um, God willing, we'll be here. <laughs>